It's a hockey show for you, the best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Presented by IBEW Local Union 43, by Hobby Hill Farms, and by Pathfinder Bank. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. There's sports everywhere. They're serving you sports down here. Television's everywhere. There's a gigantic one behind us. You're going to get Monday Night Football on down here tonight. It looks like NHL over here as I'm looking around the room. we got pregame for Monday Night Football on a different one. It's Rain and Scoop. And Utica Comets Insider. Before we get started with Brogan Rafferty, number 25, and as we, you know, I never made the connection before the Barnes family came over to say hello, but yes, he's occupying uh, probably the most popular number from the most popular player in the first six years of this franchise. Brogan Rafferty's with us, but I wanted to, I wanted to have a little bit of fun with the fact that they've been shut out for the last two games, Scoop, and now have lost their first two after an unprecedented 8-0 start. It's fun to play hockey when you're 8-0, and it's still fun to play when you're 8-2, but I have the Rochester Americans and Providence Bruins rosters from our previous two pregames. We also host the pregame on the station that broadcasts the games, and I just wanted to know if you wanted us to shred these, you want to burn those... We set fire to them outside oh, and man. couldn't score against these clowns. Some sort of karmic ritual. Yuck with these awful rosters. You just, you just wipe them away and you move on. It's, it's, still, it's still early in the season. It's still, it's still early. In, it just, there's a lot of games left. It's that simple. You can't worry about it. Move on. Yeah, they're, they're both really good teams, obviously. Um, I, I thought when we beat Rochester earlier in the year, I honestly thought that they were the best team we played until then. Isn't that weird? Um, yeah. And we, you know, somehow we were just clicking that game and, and beat them up pretty bad. But we got, uh, you know, we got that back, obviously, Saturday night. But, yeah, I mean, those, there's plenty of hockey left, 8-2 after 10 games. Uh, I think if you told us that in the beginning of the start of the season that we would take it. But um, the way it happened wasn't pretty. And, um, you know, we, we that was just kind of a wake-up call for us that, you know, we're not as good as we think we are, and, you know, we have to bring it every single night. It had almost been easy up until that point because you're blowing teams out, and you almost needed that, some adversity to go, whoa, 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 we got to refocus here. Trent Cole said something similar to that, and in uh, some post-game comments uh, re- just the other night, Zach McEwen said something similar to that. Clearly that's echoed throughout the locker room to the boys. Yeah, I, I think that weekend when we played Charlotte, Roch, and uh, Syracuse, probably three of the top teams in the AHL, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of rolled through them. I, I think we kind of looked around like, what's going on here? Like 7-2, 8-2, and then uh, we, we rattled off a few more, and then you know we kind of got away from how we were playing earlier and how we can play, and look what happened. So just a constant reminder that this league is super hard to win games, and you have to bring it every night, and it's so cliche, but it's really true. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets a lot harder when you don't have Sven Berchi and you no longer have Adam Gaudet and Carter Camper, Bush, yeah. Yes, and uh, he read our sheet or something, something I guess. Oh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> so then then guys like, uh, you know, Colin, Francis Perron, Zach McEwen, Justin Bailey, you have to be relied upon to do a little more scoring, uh, more helpers. I mean, because uh, we, we, were, we were at quite a clip there. Well, I know Joe Roberts talked about us at one point scoring like one out of every three or four shots you know obviously that's not sustainable um yeah it was 
the Comets were scoring about every five or six shots, and the opponent was scoring about every 16 shots. So when you break that down, and there were even some games where you were outshot yet destroying teams. It was some crazy math, but Coach Cull said it two scoop, things even out. You want to borrow yeah. some of those goals from the earlier games, could have used them this past weekend. You've been a steadying influence on defense, though, a, a steadying presence on defense. And uh, you got a nice little write-up uh, at the AHL.com as one of the under-the-radar players. Did you happen to see that? Did no, somebody I, tell I you didn't, about it? No, that's nice to hear, though. You're, you're, I got it right here, actually. What's it? You're, la- you're named Brogan Rafferty here, along with uh, Matt Robson, a couple other guys, Lucas Almenis from Chicago. AHL Notebook, under-the-radar players. I don't know, this is maybe a little less than a week ago. Yeah, it's about right. But uh, I showed him his... We're going to read your press clippings to you here. Oh, here uh, <laughs> Rafferty is justifying that faith in Utica, with Utica, uh, the faith, this, describing the faith that the Vancouver Canucks have had in you. Obviously, you got to go up there and play a game already, uh, but you got a two-year, two-way contract, July 9th, four points, one goal, three assists in seven games at the time. Uh, when we were 7-0, and well, and the lone remaining undefeated team at that point. I had showed him his Wikipedia, his bio from Quinnipiac. Did I say it right that time? We tried it three different yeah. ways. Yeah, that's right. And his hockey DB. You don't look at that stuff. That's no. what I'm learning, and that's good. No, I mean, I, hockey DB, I've seen yeah. um, Elite Prospects, I think is the other one. That's that right. Um, you look on there for like other guys, and then you come across yours, obviously. But no, Wikipedia, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the uh, under the radar one, but that's pretty cool. You don't want to believe your own hype. That's the thing. You, you got because you got to work hard, as you just said. This is a hard league to win and yeah. play in. Yeah. So you just got to put your nose to the grindstone, as they say. Exactly. And you keep working every yeah. day to get better. Yeah. Anything else to add to that? No. I mean, I like to be an under the radar kind of player. I think I've been that my whole life, and. Um, yeah, I'm, I like that. That's a cool article. So what is the hardest thing for you or some of the most challenging things for you in this transition to this level of play? You seem, you've made it look seamless and easy. You would just oh, live, it's, look it's comfortable. It's, it's such a good league. Like People say it's the minors, but it's an unbelievable league. Like Every team has guys who should be playing in the NHL every single night. Um, As Tom Coyne, the public yeah. address announcer, says, it's the second best hockey league in the world. It's, it is. It's really good. I, I don't. I can't speak out of personal experience, but it's dang close. No, I, the transition's been pretty good for me. Um, I think, but I mean, there's always things to work on. I mean, it's a bit faster for sure. You have to make decisions faster, uh, breaking out out of the zone, and um, you know, guys are a lot stronger than college players per se. Um, you're kind of playing against, you know, grown men, basically. Bigger, stronger, Bigger, faster stronger, guys. faster guys. So everything's a bit quicker and harder. Um, that's probably the biggest transition for me. Um, but I think the offensive stuff comes natural and um, just being creative and having fun and, you know, not trying to put too much pressure on yourself every night to do too much, just keeping it simple for the most part and, and making the play that's there. Who has mentored you as you get acclimated to Utica, who has helped you on the ice and off as you, you know, become a member of this community? Who has mentored me? I mean, obviously, first and foremost, the coaching staff has been really good to me. Um, You know, they've been patient with, you know, plays that maybe I shouldn't necessarily be making at the time. Um, No, but all the the veteran defensemen, um, you know, Sots has been great. 
Um, He's healthy, by the way. Yeah. After getting, that, that was a tough hit. Did that you was, see that? Yeah, that, yeah that it was, was it was tough and it was dirty and there's no need for it yeah. in the game. But anyways, he's okay. Yeah, that's great to hear, obviously. But no, Ole, uh, Breezer, Chatty, and then you know Blue just and LeBlanc have just been great guys around the rink. And I mean, it's all been good. I mean, everything's fun when you're eight and zero. But even then, after this weekend, like we had a hard practice today. Um, it's it, we still had some some fun. Got back to work, but no, everyone's been good to me, honestly, even some forwards. Um, so, I mean, they make the transition way easier. Like, coming to the rink and having fun and having that group of veterans there for you is really fun. Brogan Rafferty's with us here. Utica Comments in Satterwood 94.9 K Rock. We're at the 72 Tavern and Grill, as we are every Monday. Give them a chance to grab some water. You're a little bit older than your traditional rookie. You spent three years at, in college. I know you still got a year on the table. I know academics was a big deal, too. You were an academic All-American, so you've really focused on that. I'm sure that that probably was set down for you by Dad and your parents. You know, school's important. You want to play hockey, school's important. But you, you have a little bit of a, a maturity, perhaps, and maybe you're a little bit... The, the transition hasn't seemed as hard for you as it has for some other prospects that we've witnessed, where they struggle a little bit more. It, your your game's a little bit more advanced, and and I wonder what your thoughts are about that. Why why maybe that's so for you? Uh, I know it's probably tough to look at yourself from that yeah, aspect. It's, it's hard to evaluate yourself in but that it's, kind of light. But it's been noticed, as I said to you off the air before we got on, by a lot of different people. Joe Roberts has hyped you, the voice of the team, since day one. Others that cover the team that we talk to, members of the media and things like that. Are happy and surprised at the contribution you're making your, and, and your level of play. Yeah, your so. play has exactly right, Scoop. Your, your, your play has stood out as far as the freshman class of young prospects for the Canucks Comets organization. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge compliment, honestly, that people are noticing. And I thought in college... Um, I thought I was a good college hockey player. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of knew... And I believe my game would translate better at the pro level. Um, you're playing with better players. You're playing with guys who, um, you know, they, they play their position more disciplined. They, um, they can make plays. They're smarter. I don't, I'm not knocking college hockey, but, of course. I mean, it's professional hockey. Absolutely. So everything's a bit better. I, I kind of believe that my game would translate better to pro hockey. Um, and I think right now that the transition is going like I thought it would. Um so, yeah, I mean, that's a great compliment that people are noticing my play. And I'm just trying to stay consistent, stay healthy, and, and you know, improve every aspect of my game and just kind of keep developing. Like you said, I needed – I'm a little bit older than the traditional rookie, and, I mean, that's for a reason I was a late bloomer. Um, I kind of have a unique story how I got here. And yeah, we want to go through that with yeah, you. Yeah, we can get into that, sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a late bloomer, and, you know, I, I still feel like I have a lot more to uh, develop and to, to prove and to show. Growing up, who were the hockey players you admired, whether whether they were defensemen or not? I was a huge Pavel Datsuk fan. Um, that that was kind of my team. The Red Wings were kind of my team growing up. Um, Steve Eiserman, Nick Lidstrom. Like, I was kind of all over the board. Um, yeah. I wasn't – I didn't really like too many defensemen because I was a forward until I was 17. So I was a, I was a big uh, – forward guy watching all the highlight clips of people on youtube and which probably uh, explains some of your you know the offensive uh, facets to your game i would say that explains a lot of it yeah, yeah. absolutely it makes sense now. Yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Take us through your story a little bit, though. We, we can go back to the NHL with Topeka. Or is it Cooley? Cooley Region Chill, yeah. Then in Bloomington for a year, then Quinnipiac for three years yeah. before you got here. I want to hear this fascinating yeah, story I mean, that brought you to this point. Yeah, in, in Illinois, uh, I grew up playing, for the most part, playing double A. Um, travel hockey. I never really made the AAA hockey teams. Um, I was a forward, and then the summer, the summer I turned 17. My dad kind of recommended that I switch to play defense because I was like five. I got my license. I was five foot seven, like 130 pounds, just oh, wow. tiny, like a little little rat running around out there. A little pipsqueak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then that summer, I kind of hit my growth spurt and grew to like six feet tall. Um, She's like 6'2 now, right? Yeah, I'm like 6'2 now. 5'11", 6 feet in that, in that summer. And then made that AAA team, barely, to play defense. Ended up having a really good year there. And then played in the North American League. Yeah. Um, never got drafted in the OSHL for the first, like, three years I was eligible. And then finally, my last year eligible was my 20-year-old year. I committed to Quinnipiac. And then they told me to take one more year. Uh, junior hockey so I went back went to Bloomington finally made the USHL that was a big year for me for development wise and confidence so I came into school and actually played um, and got some good minutes and surprised people Um, my freshman year kind of came on the scene and did better than I was expected to and you know, you just got better after college you're taking yourself uh, if, if, if this is all true you're taking yourself your trajectory is to end up on the Vancouver Canucks and contribute quite a bit to that hockey team because you keep surprising yourself apparently, but you're exceeding expectations and you've you've done really well everywhere you've been. Everywhere you've been, I'm blown away by what an assist machine you are. Uh, everywhere that you've gone, especially if you look back through what you did in college, and and you're doing it here too. Some of these I remarked about that pass to Cole Lind. Scoop, when we watched that video a few times, how the hell he got that through there. That's just one of many examples. But we'll ask all about that and a whole bunch more. Up next, we'll continue with Brogan Rafferty of the Utica Comets on Insider with 94.9 K-Rock. Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill, it's Rain Man and Scoop. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. On 94.9 K-Rock. K-Rock. Brogan Rafferty is with us. If you've missed any of the conversation so far, we'll have it tweeted. We'll have it on Facebook later, at KROCKCNY on Twitter, the KROCK Facebook page. Of course, you can listen with the app. You can listen at KROCK.com. Alexa will even get KROCK in Utica for you. Yes, sir. So you can listen to Comets Insider each and every Monday night at 7 p.m. Brogan Rafferty here with us. And it's uh, been great to have you here and become a member of... The Utica, New York community. Have you, has it been all hockey? Have you been able, I know you went to the Bills game and everything, but have you been able to get out uh, with the teammates, maybe go out and uh, get a bite to eat? Or have you been able to do any of that? Or his, yeah. or his lady? Yeah, we, uh, that too. Yeah, we, we get out a bit. Um, I've been to Syracuse a little bit for, to go shopping. Um, Maybe, so, a, so maybe, imagine, maybe a trip or two to the casino. So I, I, I know, imagine but. Destiny USA probably. In the train, I mean, it's, so. yeah, yeah. it's right there, like yeah. 20 minutes away. Yeah, maybe a trip or two there. But no, we go golfing sometimes. Obviously, that, that's coming to an end pretty quickly here. We might try to get one or two rounds in before it's done for the season. But um, no, we, we grab bite seed. Um, Who's the best golfer on the team? 
I haven't played with him yet, but I heard Banksy is almost a scratch golfer. I've if heard not, the same not, thing. He might be a plus handicap. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. I played with Mitch Elliott. He's pretty lights out. Um, I think we actually. I think I've heard Perron's good. Um, I would imagine Bush is pretty good. I don't know. I, I feel like we have a lot of good golfers. We were supposed to have that uh, team golf outing yeah. earlier in the year, and it rain, got rained out. We went bowling. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Um, remember that, yeah. That would have been interesting. I, 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 I think a lot of guys were kind of talking about their handicap before because we're trying to you know get strokes organized and yeah. in teams. Who's and playing with who? It sounded like a lot of guys were around five or like a couple guys were lower than five. Does that mean you pretty need pretty good? Does that mean you need to get some practice in the off season? Or oh, I'm going to need a lot of strokes from those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I like to say I'm a bogey golfer. What about uh, Mitch Elliott though? You brought him up. Let's let's actually get it back on the ice. It was good to see him get in the game yeah. after yeah, getting shot was. down to Kalamazoo, <clears throat> bouncing around a little bit, waiting for his opportunity. Just it, I know part of being a good teammate is supporting the guys, and so it must have been great to see him get get on the ice. Yeah, he's been great too. Like you said, like it goes both ways. Like we're supporting him, and and he gives it right back to us. Like he's not one of the guys to walk around the rink with uh, you know bad body language or a sour like talking behind coach's back or players back. He's been really good. So. Um, he's handled it really well, and honestly, I thought he was probably one of our better defensemen in the game on Saturday night. Like, he was really good. And let, so I, that was awesome to see. Some other positives. It's tough to find them when there's a 6 nothing game, but there are some. There's things, little little bits within that game that you can still build on and forget the rest. What were a few of those from your perspective? Um, I liked our penalty kill. I think it's been really good all year. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we, we put a good amount of work into it, and the guys who are on it are on it for a reason. You know, they've uh, they've done a really good job with penalty killing, and um, I don't know. I I liked our third period a lot. Um, I think we sh- showed a bit more pushback than we did for the whole game. Um, unfortunately, we know we led in a lot of goals, but I don't think we, we quit on the game. We were trying to get back into it. Um, and once it gets four or five nothing, it's pretty disheartening. Um, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. No, but there's things we got to work on. Obviously, like the power play is not good right now. Um, just going to be blunt about it. Yeah, cause, absolutely. Because I'm on it, and you got to hold yourself accountable. But um, I love that attitude. <clears throat> well, the forthcoming I mean, attitude. Everyone's thinking it, right? Like we were eight and zero, and we probably would we have the worst power play in the league maybe one of the i think it was the best to second best penalty kill but the power yeah. play was definitely near yeah. the bottom absolutely yeah i mean we have to improve on that whether it's get new guys on it take me off take whoever off but as long as it works and we, and we get goals off that then uh then we gotta just find out how to how to fix that but no i, I to go back to what we did well that that weekend i think our penalty kill was one of the biggest highlights of the weekend for sure you're you're, you're highlighting the reasons that you've you might have been a late bloomer and an underdog but why you're being successful i hope you realize that the the, the team 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 whatever works we want to win the things that you're saying you're beloved in that locker room i guarantee it because the other guys are, i'm sure they see that and they pick that attitude up that's just top notch top notch yeah. go ahead scoop well, it's Binghamton again uh, coming up on Wednesday. You've played him already three times, not counting preseason. And you got him twice this week. So today at practice, were you talking about Binghamton at all? Uh, were you primarily maybe talking about the power play or working on that? What was the tone of practice today, and what was the focus of practice today? We didn't, uh, no, we didn't talk about Binghamton much today. Today was more of a... Uh 
kind of get your act together. Like a reckoning for the weekend. Yeah. It was kind of a, you know, get back, put the work boots on, and, and you know, back to reality. Um, Did so everybody walk a, in knowing that was going to be the case, too? Um, you've been around long enough, and yeah. you've had enough instances like we had this weekend in your career to kind of know what is coming on Monday. So... I mean, it didn't need to be said, but I think guys knew it was coming. And, I mean, it was a tough practice, not going to lie. But we need. I think everyone agreed that we needed that, and um, they weren't upset about it. I think it was a good overall productive day for the team to kind of get back on track. And tomorrow will definitely be a, a day to focus on Binghamton. So... Are you sick of those guys yet since you played them so much? I mean, I've been wondering the same thing. It, it, it's, familiarity it, breeds contempt. Yeah, it's an adjustment. In college, we play, we didn't play the same team more than twice for the whole year. We obviously play a lot less games in college. Yeah. but You're going to really um, love Syracuse yeah. by the end of the year. I know, yeah. We, what is it, like 12 <laughs> times they play yeah, or that's something right. like that? That's so, right. I, I mean, that's, that's tough. I mean, you're so familiar with each other by the end of the season you're just sick of each other like you don't even want to play each other anymore but the only benefit is the short travel on yeah, road games because you come nice back and travel sleep yeah. in your own bed it's yeah a, yeah it's not even like two hours to binghamton right yeah so. it's just about yeah yeah I mean, we'll see <laughs> so i want to ask about the assists it's been your thing it, is that what your mentality is on the ice assist first and then if the game brings it to me, take my opportunities to score. Yeah. Is I that pretty much it? That's pretty much it. Um, and that, I think that's something I actually need to work on a bit. I need to be more of a shooter. Um, have kind of more of a shoot-first mentality. But, no, I've always been a pass-first kind of guy. I love setting guys up. Um, I don't know. I've just always enjoyed that more than scoring goals, honestly. Is that part of the transition from being a forward into defense? You've brought that aspect of, of that into your game as a defenseman now? Yeah, I think, yeah, but um, even when I was a forward, I didn't really score many goals. I would I would just love passing to guys and setting them up. Um, at least yeah, a goal, a goal every Eli- now and then is nice, obviously, but, um, yeah. At least... Pete, uh, Elias Pedersen up in Vancouver has quite a few helpers, too. There's a guy named Wayne Gretzky that used to dish yeah. a lot. Of, everybody talks about Play, the goals, but... Player of the week. Listen, whatever yeah. helps you win, and if that's your role on the team right now before before you shoot the puck more and score some more goals. Yeah, no, I, I, had, a, I had a few good looks this weekend. We couldn't sure. put any on the board, but um, I was trying to get as many pucks on that as I could. Um, yeah. Brogan Rafferty with us. It's Utica Comets and Saturday at the 72 Tavern and Grill with 94.9 K-Rock. Scoop and Rain are here. What's on your mind, Scoop? I'm wondering, Brogan, about your favorite moments and memories from your career to this point. S- some of the highlights, things that really will stick with you for a very, yeah. very long time. Um, one of them happened last year in college. We were, is the last uh, regular season game of the year. We were playing Yale, which is a huge rivalry for us. Mm-hmm. And we were one point behind Cornell in the uh, in the standings for, like, the overall division championship for regular season, which is a pretty big deal. Like, so we have a really competitive conference in college. Um, so we ended up – we were on the road at Yale, just, like, 10 minutes away. But, um, anyway, it was packed house. It was their senior night. We smoked them. Um, ha. And we were on the ice afterward. Like, we knew that – Cornell was up like if they tied or lost that we would have won the champion or the trophy or whatever for the regular season and like someone checked the score and like the team they were playing tied up with, like 30 seconds left they went to overtime so we're like okay as long as they just don't win like we get the 
championship and they didn't win they tied so we ended up winning head to head and we like celebrated on Yale's ice like their senior night all the parents were coming on the ice for pictures and stuff and we're like tossing our stuff everywhere and like good for you yeah that was that was a pretty cool moment um you got some cool pictures and stuff of yeah, all that and everything yeah we did but um other than that i don't i don't know i haven't really won i didn't really win much in college my my freshman and sophomore year um unfortunately our junior year was fun we went to the ncaa tournament that was that was cool but lost to duluth it's interesting to me you played two games with the canucks last year correct yeah and his first memory was not his nhl debut yeah Yeah. but it was that you did the solo skate though tell us you're calling me yeah obviously that was a a huge deal for me. I'll just tease um, a little bit, but yeah. more a way to transition and just quick ask you about that. <laughs> Two NHL games, you got that with you forever. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the goal is to play many, many more. But just your initial, what's the first couple things you think about? when Not everybody plays in the NHL. No. There's a lot of guys yeah. even in yeah, the NHL. they believed in you enough to, to bring you up there yeah. and do that. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, probably one of the coolest experiences of my life, like skating out there by myself. And yeah kind of just taking in the whole atmosphere especially in nashville like it's one of the tougher buildings to open up your career in obviously you're nervous enough as it is but to play in that building um it's just next level but it was amazing i mean i honestly i remember more the st louis game than i do the nashville game i almost like blocked out during the nashville game i believe i don't remember much from that game you're levitating almost yeah like it literally was like you're sitting on the bench and you see some of the guys come on the ice and you think you're like in a virtual reality like surreal yeah it's just like what am i doing here and I, like monday i was in class and then thursday i'm playing at bridgestone arena <laughs> think about that's crazy i couldn't yeah. even I, yeah i couldn't even imagine yeah, like sunday night our season was over like everyone's you know what are you doing what are you doing i'm going to play in the nhl well no yeah deal. like i mean I, I i knew i was leaving yeah i just didn't know i didn't know where that's a crazy um, whirlwind. Yeah, just to be honest, like I didn't know where at the time. Sure. Um, so like we get back from the road trip from where we lost our regional in college. And yeah. The boys are just firing it up, you know, like end of the season, end of the year, and I'm just like, I mean, the teams I'm looking at, like they've got games like in a few. I like I can't like. <laughs> made, I got to be ready to go here. So you I made mean, a right decision. You made a mature decision. Yeah. No, but I mean that experience was insane. It You're, was so cool. Your dad, Brian, was he able to get down? Oh, yeah. Your it's amazing. I was going to say that's amazing what how people will, you know, move mountains to get to where you're at if they if they want to, like if they need to. And, I mean, I probably had like 20 people at the game in Nashville and another, so awesome, another 20 in St. Louis. Good like for you. My, my buddies are driving like six, seven hours to come down and see me play, so... That was amazing. Right on, yeah. man. Yeah, so I took a selfie with my brother and uh, one of my best friends in this, in warm-ups from <laughs> in my first game. I figured it would be kind of a ballsy play, but a good picture to look back on. <laughs> I, I, I think it's all right that you did that. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a solid one to, yeah. to put on the wall. Cherish the moment, man. We really appreciate the time. Brogan Rafferty, number 25 on the Utica Comets here on Insider with 94.9 K-Rock. We'll be right back with The Voice, Joe Roberts, live from the 72 Tavern and Grill. Let's do that hockey. Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider grind line with Rain Man the Rocket, Scoop the Cement Head, and play-by-play voice Joe Cujo Roberts. First of all, that was a fun interview with Brogan Rafferty. 
If you missed if you missed any of it, it'll be available in podcast form at KROCK CNY. There'll be a link in the Instagram stories. There'll be a link on Facebook and Twitter. You can find that Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Now, Scoop and Rainer here, and I have a theory. First of all, for those that might not know, and even though it's been mentioned, Scoop is a Detroit Red Wings fan. Uh, we just found out that Brogan Rafferty is a Red, Red Wings fan, and the voice of the Utica Comets, Joe Roberts, is from Michigan, and I think he's a Red Wings fan. And I wonder, and maybe this is a conspiracy theory, but he has been hyping up Brogan Rafferty's game since day one. Is there a reason for that, Joe? There's a strange coincidence. I don't know. Hey, I think you guys you guys are actually breaking that news to me that he's a Red Wings fan, but I'm not surprised because he's from the uh, Chicago area. And uh, when he was growing up, he's right around that age where the Blackhawks were just terrible before they ended up getting uh, Taze and Kane and so on. And the Red Wings used to just toss him around the rink all the time. So maybe when he was growing up liking hockey, he couldn't stand how bad the Hawks were. So he decided to go with the team that what they were doing back then. So now, obviously, uh, the tables have turned a little bit. But, uh, no, that's news to me. So if I wasn't hyping him up then, you know, which I thought I was, I certainly will now because he deserves it. Wait a minute. Was Matt Page feeding you that information <laughs> back in the studio? Because I think we had that conversation off. Did we have that on there or off the air right before we went on? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Joe, it was a tough weekend for the Utica Comets, not scoring in two games. We talked about it with Brogan. You just got to let those go. It's still early enough in the season. Uh, there were some positives in the Comets game. We had him highlight a few of those. Um, but I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. There was, there was a lot of bad. But you got to move past that. What were some of the good things in the two games, even without scoring, that they did? Uh, you know, uh, for me, I think it's it's a little bit easier to pull positives out of the game against Providence uh, compared to the game against Rochester. Um, I think, you know, the, the Comets goalies have been so good uh, through the first kind of they were so good through the first nine games of the season, uh, you know, keeping the door slammed shut. So I, I'm not surprised that uh, it was a night where it was a little tougher for them, uh, you know, in that Rochester game. But I think on Friday they showed no quit. They tried to get back into that hockey game. They just ran into a goalie who I think is an NHL goalie, um, Max, like I say. And, you know, obviously he's played some NHL games with Vegas over the last couple seasons. So, um, you know, he was, he was absolutely lights out. Uh, on Friday night uh, for Providence. So I think that they showed no quit. They got a lot of pucks to the net. I'm just not sure if they were able to, to uh, get to those second chances as much as they maybe would have liked um, in that game. So I would say that that might have been a, a pretty big factor. Um, I think as far as the Saturday game goes, you know, you have that sort of next man up mentality. And I think the guys who stepped in did a good job. Um, you know, who who were, you know, Mitch Elliott made his debut and he didn't look too out of place. Dylan Blue just was back in the lineup. And it's got to be tough for Blue, who's working his tail off and playing really well, to be sort of in and out of the lineup. It's not easy. Um, so he, he played well, I think. And, uh, you know, Tyler Graveck looked all right, too. So uh, all together, those guys can only get better the more they play. I, I'm really excited to see what Graveck can bring to the table. He scored 20 goals and had 50 points last year. So once he can get his legs going, I, I can't wait to see what he's capable of doing. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some positives you can pull out of the weekend, but ultimately uh, you want to forget that one and, and do so in a hurry. It's a new chemistry that the Comets are trying to develop. Yeah. And there's no Sven Berchi anymore. And, you know, you've got... Uh, 
players used to playing on this line or that line, and that's kind of been thrown up in the air a little bit. What with the injuries and call-ups, and I don't think that can be understated enough uh, or overstated. It's it's a difficult thing to try to develop chemistry with these guys. They've got to re-gel and, and, and it's And it's early in the season. What I want to ask you, uh, Joe, is who worked together well to your eyes in those two games that maybe we might have missed? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I uh, saw anything that really stood out uh, that you guys didn't see. Um, you know, as far as trying to, to pluck that from memory, I'm not sure because I'm trying to turn the page from last weekend as well, uh, you know, and just get ready for what's to come. Um, you know, there has been a bit of line shuffling, and I think that's been challenging for uh, a lot of people, um, including the coaching staff. You know, they're trying to push all the right buttons too. I, I do think that if you want to highlight uh, a trio that that is doing exactly what I think they're supposed to be doing in those games, just that fourth line of Seamus Malone with uh, Dyson Stevenson and Vincent Arsenal. You know, the fourth line job is to pretty much check, uh, bang bodies, and uh, keep pucks in with a relentless war check. And I think those guys did that. Um, you know, they created a couple of goal-scoring opportunities, but you, you can understand what those guys do for a living isn't to score goals at a breakneck pace. It's to have a couple of opportunities, uh, maybe in a game, but uh, really to change the game with their hitting and forechecking. So I think as a trio, those guys look pretty good out there. Um, other than that, you know, it, it's hard to sort of recall from the weekend because – uh, like I said, you know, uh, a tough work week like that, you just want to kind of uh, uh, keep the focus forward. I thought Nikolai Goldobin looked pretty good on Friday night, but it's got to be difficult for him to adjust to Berchi not being there. And now Boucher's not there and Carter Camper's not there. That's uh, a hurdle to surmount and a challenge to take on. And it might take some time to figure that out. Yeah, chemistry that's there with one guy. It's not that you can't get it with another guy. It's just when it becomes second nature, it's just easier to get into the flow of the game and I, not have I to think fake. Just, Justin Bailey is a guy who's going to step up, and we're going to see some good things out of him. Yeah, speed wins all the time. Last comment from Joe on that. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Bailey has the ability to change the game. You know, he's, he's able to... Uh, sort of call his own number and, and get the puck through center in a hurry and into the zone and get it to the net. I think that's a critical part of his game. You know, sometimes it's hard to try to finish your way through neutral and get the puck in deep. So if you have a guy who can just skate it in all the way, then go for it. Go nuts. And then to your point, to Goldobin, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, maybe he's he's uh, having trouble losing bear cheap, but you know what? Goldobin is a, an NHL hockey player, I think, and, and, you know, I know he thinks so as well. And um, part of part of being that guy and and being trusted to be one of the go-to guys on your team is, um, you know, you gotta you gotta find a way to make the guys around you better. And I think he's going to do that. You know, those sort of things Berchi did so well. As anybody on the ice when Berchi was out there has an opportunity to be a lot better. Uh, I think uh, you know, scoop the cement head could score one, or even you, Rayman. You know, I, I think I might be able to pot one or two if I was playing with Berchi as well. So I think if Goldobin can find a way to uh, to step up and, and, and find a way to make his line mates better, you're really going to like the way things are going to go. Joe, yes or no, are you excited for Utica City FC in a few weeks to get underway against Canada? Very much, yeah. I'm ready to get it going. You know, we've got a media day tomorrow. They have training camp starting. And so uh, it's another sport that we're all pumped to get going.
As always, we asked him two more questions than we were probably supposed to. <laughs> Voice Joe Roberts of the Utica Comets here on Insider. We're live at the 72 Tavern and Grill, courtesy IBEW, Local Union 43, Hobby Hill Farms, Pathfinder Bank. Comets Corey, Corey Hergott from Canucks Army next, 94.9 K-Rock. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill for Comets Insider, it's Rain Man and Scoop. Fantastic. Great burgers, the tavern tots. I love those. The beer is ice cold, and there's sports everywhere. I mean, we got Monday Night Football. We got, I'm watching Rangers uh, Ottawa here, and there's fights going on. And uh, The bacon thing they do, too, where they hang the out. The cable the, bacon, yeah. On the strips. Oh, my God. Come down here for the show some night, or come down here on your own, the 72 Tavern and Grill, where we're doing Comets Insider every Monday night. At 7 p.m. And if you've missed any of the show, we'll have it podcasted for you later at all your podcast locations, wherever you like to listen to those. And uh, Brogan Rafferty, a great guest tonight, who you'll hear when you check out that podcast. But we're being joined by Canucks Army's Corey Hergott, who uh, watches every single Utica Comets game. And, boy, we had a couple of tough ones uh, that were kind of hard to watch over the weekend. Corey had a piece, uh, once again, a couple times now at least that I, that I can recall where the Canucks and the NHL has, has posted his his writing online. Brag on that a little bit for us, Corey. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a new thing for me this season. Um, when my former boss at Canucks Army got uh, hired by the Vancouver Canucks this off season. A little light bulb went off in my head that he used to provide the team uh, their website with some Utica Comets content. So I reached out to someone that I knew with the team that I had met through my dealings around the team at training camps and stuff like that and and asked who I'd reach out to. And long story short, I put forth a proposal to to the Canucks team to do some writing for them this season, and I'm going to be doing... uh, uh, monthly comments recaps for them each month, and uh, we might see the odd other article pop up here and there as well. Scoop, it's not just Corey, but there's a lot of guys in Vancouver, and Corey's actually on Vancouver Island. I believe Chris Faber is as well. Our buddy Cody Severson, who are reading his stuff at Comments Harvest, but there's a lot of people that are focused on what's happening down here in Utica, and Corey's just one of many that are that are just chronicling this team. There's some good young talent down here this year, probably better than in the past few seasons. Go ahead. Hey, Corey, I have two big worries, and it's been written about. I'm not the first one to think this or say this, but I'm worried about some sloppy play on the blue line when the passes aren't crisp, when there's turnovers, and I'm worried about the power play. Could you address both those things and maybe what the – Comets could try to do to improve in both those areas. Well, the team is—we've uh, seen the coaching staff shuffling the deck there on the on the second unit, at least on the power play. We saw some kind of unfamiliar faces there. We haven't seen a whole lot of uh, Big Vinny on the power play in uh, his first couple of seasons with the team, so that's definitely a different wrinkle. And and you know the term "if it ain't broke, don't fix it" doesn't really apply here. The the power play's been uh, pretty abysmal from the start of the season. Brogan, um, I heard him talking about it in your hit with him earlier, and uh, you know, like he said, it's, maybe it's time to shuffle the deck, change up the the, the roster back there, see who put somebody uh, some new faces out there on that power play. Um, 
you know they're they're getting their shots away it's they just gotta they gotta find a way to get them through it's uh it's really unfortunate that that's uh the way things have gone this year but you know the fact that the team is uh eight and two in their first 10 games uh with such a terrible power play that just uh it's something to look forward to when the power play does start clicking uh you know the, the team will be that much better and that much more fun to watch um, and as far as the way uh, the things are getting burned on the back end there, I think that's part. That's going to be something that we're going to have to uh, take the good with the bad. We've got a pretty young group of defenders back there, um, maybe not young necessarily in age-wise, although I think Dylan Blue just at 25 and Ashton Sautner, I think those two are the oldest at 25. So they're not a bunch of gray beards back there, but there isn't a bunch of experience either. So it's uh, it's going to be a lot of learning on the fly when they've got that many young defender defenders who are you know get, they're getting put into prime situations this year and that's what we want for our prospects ashton sautner a solid contributor on the blue line how was he doing after that vicious hit in the game the other night well he didn't have to go through concussion protocol so that's uh, definitely a positive sign uh, from what i understand I, I can't really say what the uh what the ailment was but it wasn't uh uh, like a concussion-related concern with him when when he was uh, when he didn't finish the game. So, uh, good news is that he's uh, you know he's good to go. He's he's cleared to play for the next game. So, gets into that game, uh, we'll see. It might be Oscar Fantenberg instead. But uh, the fact that he's uh, you know he's not going to be missing a bunch of time like he did last year with that uh, that vicious hit from uh, what was it Comrie or something like that hit him. I can't remember now. I just lo- I blanked out on that, but. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's good to see him able to bounce back. I've got to I've got to have one piece audio fired before we bounce. Matt, back in the studio, hit the uh, Brendan Woods piece where he hit Michael DiPietro. Corey, react off the backside of this, and we'll wrap things up for tonight on Utica Comments Insider. And all the way down the ice, Rafferty heads. Guillaume Brisbois in his own zone as DiPietro is run into. Now a backdoor setup placed and wide of the net by Brendan Woods, who's now public enemy number one after running into Mikey DiPietro and knocking him down to the ice. So, so that was uh, something that used to be a much bigger part of the game. Now it's kind of frowned on. Well, Corey's a former goaltender, and that's yeah. a no-no, and that usually doesn't go well for you when you run the goalie. Uh, luckily, Mikey DiPietro, Mikey DiPietro wasn't hurt. Uh, but, Corey, your reaction to that play, especially being a former Comet, Brendan Woods, back in this barn? Well, as a former goalie, I, I, I'm one, and when I was playing, I was around 220-ish pound, 220-ish pounds, so I didn't mind a little bit of physical contact. I kind of welcomed it a little bit back there. That was part of the game that I enjoyed a little bit. But, uh, no, it's that's the thing. You can go from being a fan favorite like Brendan Woods uh, when you're uh, bumping into the other team's goalie, but don't you dare do it uh, to the guy in, in the home building there for the home team, that's for sure. Did you hear the boos? I mean, he got booed out of the building. Corey, thanks as always for the time. Regular slot, 745 with us on Utica Comets Insider. Thanks again to IBEW Local Union 43, Hobby Hill Farms, Pathfinder Bank, Matt Page back in the studio. I'm Rain. This is, of course, every Monday, 7 o'clock at the 72 Tavern with 94.9 K-Rock. And Scoop always gets the last word. Go Comets!